it's time for It Really Has Been. Now here's Darren and Dave. We are gathered here today on this lovely podcast, Hillbilly Has Been, that is with a Z. I'm your speaker, as you may say, Daryl Smith, and here's my brother in pod, David Dunkley. Well, hello, Darren. <laughs> well, thank you for that inspirational creep, my brother Dunkley. <laughs> <laughs> in pod. <laughs> So today's episode is about giving thanks. There are many ways to give thanks. You can just pray, which is the most popular way to give thanks, and which I do most generously. You can simply say, thank you. You can send a letter, a card, or email to give thanks. Or if you're Elvis, you can buy somebody a Cadillac. (laughs) <laughs> I like that way. So, not so much the giving of the caddy, but the receiving of the caddy. Yes. Amen. Anyway, please join us in giving some thanks to the peoples who knowingly or unknowingly helped us along the way. And uh, for most of all, we got to thank Jesus for it all, because without Jesus, nothing would have been possible. That's right. So now, please, if you would, pass the offering plate, Brother Dunkley. Oh, I got a little, caught, I got a little caught up there. Now. He did get a little carried away. <laughs> oh, so that was our sermon for today. All right, man. But no, really, I mean, we got to thank Jesus for everything, because like we wouldn't even be here without him, so... You know, really. So, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, so, yeah, what this episode is going to be about is you just thanking some of the people who helped us along the way. And I kind of split mine up into pre-Nashville, pre-Tim, uh, Nashville, and after, or uh, during Tim, and after Tim. So that's, that's a lot of thinking, man. Well, I got a lot of people that helped me along the way. So we're just going to dedicate this whole podcast to you? Yeah, yeah. I think we're going to just, I'll be a little selfish here and take over this whole thing. Okay. <laughs> You'll be selfish and give thanks. That's kind of a conundrum, isn't I got to quit preaching here. Okay, let me talk normal. <laughs> I got into, I got into the, the preacher mode. and Come on, man, you're pandering. You know, man, I want to tell you this. If, if I ever die, man. Don't get one of them pasty-ass preachers to say anything over me. Pasty white preacher? No, I want one of them dudes like was on Coming to America preacher, you know. (laughs) Arsenio Hall? Yeah, Arsenio (laughs) Hall or Eddie Murphy or one of those. Right. No. Yeah, okay. Even even go as far as a Bill Cosby, but don't get mad at me because I know what he did and all that. (laughs) That's funny, man. But uh, anyway. We'll have to keep that in mind if I'm still around. Actually, you know, I don't know. Something about, I don't want to, do you want to be buried or cremated? I don't think so. I think cremated. I think I want to be cremated too. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a mess here. I don't know if I want to be anything left for anybody to have to deal with, take care of, you know. Yeah, I mean, I I just something about the dirt. I don't. Know. 
and, and all of it on top of you. I know. It's kind of like, like crawling in a cave. I, I don't know, want to you, do that either. You know what? I wasn't too bad about it until I saw uh, Kill Bill Volume mm-hmm. 2. Whenever yeah. Uma Thurman gets <laughs> buried in the coffin underneath, she has yeah, to... I can't. I can't watch those things. I have to turn them off. She that freaked me out, man. She's trying to beat her beat her way out of the dang thing. Yeah, I, I saw a story not too long ago of a guy went to the park with his wife and kids, and there's I guess a cave system there. Uh-huh. He crawled down into a place, and it was so tight that when he got through, and his ribs expanded back out to where he was, he couldn't back back through there. Oh man, that would back, me up. And he got and he got stuck in there. And I think he freaking kicked the bucket in there. Well, you they know, didn't have, you remember they that? Didn't have a way to get him. They had to hack him up to get him out of there. Well, you remember that dude that went uh, was doing that caving, you know, and and uh, he was he fell in a crevice, and yeah. he and he fell down like ten feet into a crevice and was stuck there. Stuck. And the only way he could get out, he cut his own arm off to get out <laughs> with a with a pocket knife. Yeah, they made a movie about that guy. Yeah, yeah. that's a badass dude right there. You know? Woo. He wants to live. That's the will to live. I mean, that's taking over. That's that brings Coyote Ugly into a whole. Different, <laughs> you know what Coyote Ugly is? Doesn't it? What's that? Tell. Let's tell everybody. It's go when ahead. you when you get drunk and go to pick up some chick and you take her home and you wake up that next morning and she's so ugly, you gotta <laughs> and she's laying on your arm. You gotta cut your arm off to get away from her. <laughs> or it could be an ugly dude. You know. I mean. If you're a chick, you know. There you go. I don't mean to say chick is a bad derogatory thing. Right. It's just, you know, I'm a child of the 60s. We say chicks and dudes, you know. I know, man. We'll probably easily offend anymore. You better watch it. Well, you know, there's so much. I got a, I got a feeling our, our fans aren't easily offended. Well, you know, there's so much political correct. We're, 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 we need to be unpolitically correct. Right. A little <laughs> Get, bit, you know. We even we, it back up. Yeah. Because we know no better. Right, exactly. Well, anyway, <laughs> you know, I, I was raised up around Lawrence, Kansas, and uh, played in bands there all my life. So I'm going to kind of give thanks to those people back then. So um, let me just do this real quick, and they'll know who they are if they're listening. They better be listening, by God. Um, uh, there was my uncle, who was David Weeks. That was really kind of the first guy that helped me out stuff and uh he's got a son david weeks he's my cousin he still plays a little bit too uh but man i gotta thank marty henderson who was my he's a bass player as i was a guitar player for just kind of like me and you were peas and carrots you know oh yeah oh yeah Yeah. we wrote songs we played in the studio we played all over and everything there was a big ed erskine who had a band called uh, big ed and the wild bunch that i loved and, Big head. Yeah, and then there was Little Joe Reyes, who had Little Joe and the Wiseman. Who had, I was, Big Ed and Little Joe. Yeah, I was the only white guy in a Mexican band. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Did you learn to cook anything? I, no, I learned to eat a lot, though. And they, <laughs> yeah, they owned a Mexican restaurant, so they, I think their family still owns it. But, and then That's there was awesome. a couple drummers that I worked with that I hung out with. David Vineyard is one. I still talk to him on Facebook. He's in Florida now. Uh, Kenny Mainz, who uh, had a, uh, he was a drummer, really cool little guy, and, and had a, we all had, we had the 
the bass player Marty and me and him all had three unique hot rods. Uh, Marty had a 70 Buick Skylark that was hopped up. I like Skylarks. I had a 72 Chevelle Supersport, and he and Kenny had a 70 or 71 Challenger with a 440 in it and badass car. Right. And so then there was another drummer who actually was the guy that talked me into moving to Nashville and talked. He was actually the one that showed me how to that how much timing meant as far as like rushing and and stuff and what timing me yeah. yeah and showed me how to work with the metronome and do scales on the guitar with the metronome and right. I, and I did that for a long time and that's what helped my timing out and his name was Alex Austin and uh, he was a drummer in Nashville uh, yeah the search for the search for the pocket is an individual yeah and he uh, had the biggest you, you can't do that with he had a group a, he had a huge pocket and he he uh, he talked me into coming to Nashville and recording some of my songs and then checking things out. And he he was a uh, a drummer down here at a studio, uh, kind of like they have staff drummers that come in and just do all the like uh, what do you call uh, the songwriter demos and production company or publishing company demos. Yeah, and, right. And so he he got me a session down here. My first session. First day I was here, I had a session. And, uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, how, it, how much it, you make? Oh, I think, I don't know, 30, 40 bucks, 50 bucks. And I, <laughs> That's and nice. I, I was doing, I played guitar on all these uh, publishing demos. And then they wanted me to sing some of them, too, because, you know. And there was a song, and it was some of the hit, most hideous songs I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> And I'm like going, is this Nashville? We've heard some idiot. We've heard uh, yeah. some idiot songs. I was like, is this Nashville? And I remember I sang a song called Winkin' Blinkin' Slot Machines. Nice. And I sang it. And I'm, you better made some money. I'm thinking this is the most hideous friggin' song I've ever heard. And then they come back and said, can you make it more animated? It needs to be more animated. And I go, <laughs> I go, how can you make suck animated? You know, <laughs> exactly. oh, that was terrible. Uh, we'll have to tell everybody about the love song sometime. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll have to the play it. That'll be our song of the week. <laughs> <laughs> we'll lose we'll lose customers, man. It was it was really song. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he talked me into moving to Nashville, so I thank him for that. He's got a studio in, in Kansas City, I think, or somewhere. But then um, when I moved to Nashville. Uh, there was some people that helped me out. Um, I, I worked at a, a house gig in Nashville at the Rivergate Inn downtown or hotel down there. And uh, the owner was, he was a former judge. His name was Bill Burton. And uh, he owned the whole, hotel. it was a hotel and there was a, a lounge up on top in the hotel, you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, he also owned a bunch of houses behind the hotel and he let me rent one of those houses there he wanted me to and it was nice. 150 bucks a week a month as long as and he says as long as you work for me it'd be 150 bucks a month you know that, up behind the rivergate mall yeah and it was it was like i used to uh, go up there all the time it was like a three-bedroom two-bath house i mean it was killer you know nice. I was by myself right. you know and uh so <laughs> i lived there for a while and he party of darren's yeah he ended up passing away uh, and then once he passed away, they kind of sh sh sold the hotel. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> then, and then, uh, 
you know, uh, Diane Cheryl, I worked with her. She was like my first cool gig in town, you know, where I met. I've heard you talk about her so yeah, many times, met, you and John Boy both. She was such a sweetheart. I met her, um, I mean, I met so many people through her, and she she uh, took care of me really well. She, she was the first gig I realized how good they could pay in Nashville. I mean, she paid really well, and we worked these corporate gigs at Opryland Hotel. And, and she's still around. She, I have somebody said that that she was at the Nashville Palace. I don't know if she was singing or what, but or visiting. Yeah, I need to. I'm trying to get a hold of her, tell her thank you for everything, because she she really taught me a lot. Mm. And maybe we get her come on talk to oh, us. Oh, she'd be great. And then. Uh, Keith I bet out. she got some stories. Yep. She probably put some. She probably got some band guys ran ran through there that just oh. like you, man, went on to play with oh, other well, people. Oh well, yeah. I mean, know? the guys that I when I started working with her, these caliber of musicians just kind of went up, you know. Right. I, and I had to up my game to right. to play with them, and and it was uh, Keith Allison played bass and sang some, and he was the band leader, and uh, Dino Paston. Uh, played keyboards and sax, and he went on to play with uh, uh, Mandrell, Barbara Mandrell. Oh, for, really? For years. Yeah. yeah. And he also uh, did uh, Alabama's last tour. Really? Yeah. See, that's a, yeah. yeah. And then uh, uh, Bobby Siegler played drums, and that was that was pretty much the band. And uh, it was a killer killer band i mean it, it taught me a lot they did you travel at all with it or just stay we, right there well no she did uh every great now and then about once every six months she'd go to like uh indianapolis and play this big corporate gig there you know but mostly right. it was around town you know and right. it was club gigs and it was but it was cool club gigs and real right she did a show i mean she she uh, used to be on Decca Records back in the day, and she had a couple good songs on that. And she kind of should have been a Vegas entertainer because she was more right. she was more of an entertainer. I mean, she we would do a couple songs, and then we'd do her intro song and bring her out, you know. Right. On and right. that was if we were playing a club or if we were doing a show. You right. Know? Introducing the star of the show, yeah. star of the evening. And there was a guitar player. Well, there was a couple guys. Phil Ball was like, he played on uh, uh, George Jones. Uh, you know that thing you hear, uh, he's up uh, loving her today where it goes, wall, all that stuff. Yeah. The top. He played all that, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's and he, cool. he played at the Hall of Fame. He had a band called Hot Licks that had all these 18. Session players. I've heard of that band. Yeah. That, that's oh, what it, it was. It was killer. Yeah, well, they were killer. They were just unbelievable. <clears throat> and uh, I went in my my second night there. I went and heard him play, and I went up to introduce myself, and he said, uh, uh, "What's your name?" And I said, "Darren Smith." And he said, uh, "What do you play?" And oh, and I first of all I said, "You know, I enjoy your stuff. I enjoyed your stuff you played on." You know, he stopped loving her today, and he's up. He goes, oh, that was crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was going, all right. Oh, oh, then he crap, goes, though. he goes, what do you play? And I said, I'm a guitar player. And he said, oh, great. That's just what we need in Nashville. Another, Another guitar, guitar player. <laughs> of course. That's what yeah, they all so, say. So leaving there, I was kind of deflated. I was like, wow, you know, these guys. But, you know, later on when I was working Printer's Alley, 
he used to come in and sit right in front of me, and he'd go, show me something, boy, show me something. <laughs> and, and me and him actually got to be really good friends, you know, after, after right. that, you know. But uh, that's how he led into it, though. But So there was another guy, another cat named uh, Mark Swindell. He was a guitar player. And what's weird is that for a while there, I, I was hurting for money in Nashville, of course, like everybody is when they come. Right. So I started taking bass guitar gigs, too. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just anywhere. And ended up, for a while, I was getting more bass guitar gigs than I was guitar gigs. Because uh, people <laughs> liked my playing because it was so simple. Right. But they didn't realize that it wasn't because I was trying to do that. It's because that's just all I knew. Because that's what you do. Yeah. I, I suck. I was a suck bass player, so I mean, <laughs> but everybody loved it because it was simple, and I didn't. Right. I didn't overplay. So, so, um, so Mark's, take note, young fellas. Yeah. So Mark <laughs> Swindell, Mark Swindell was playing guitar, and uh, at at uh, Skulls at Printer's Alley, he got me in there to play bass. Then he got a gig on Live at Libby's radio show, Daysville, Kentucky, live on the Beaver One Hundred and One. And so it was a killer. Live on the beat. Oh, it was a killer gig, man. We played weekends and it paid great, and it was on the radio. And so I played bass with, and the drummer was Willie Ackerman. They used to be on Hee Haw. So I mean, yeah, yeah and, and house drummer. Yeah, he loved me because it was so funny because Willie used to. They used to say, "What song is this?" And and they well, we get ready to play a song, and he'd look over at me, and he'd go, "How's this go? How's this go?" And I'd go, I'd hum a little bit Sounds of it. He'd like go, me. all right. But then two songs later, he'd look over and he'd go, how's this go? And I'd have to hum a little bit, you know. But Yeah, yeah sometimes sometimes I have to I have to just hear, just give me a bar. Just give me two bars. Yeah. I'll be all right. Oh, that's it. But it was a killer gig. Uh, uh, we got free steak dinner and everything. And, and uh, so Mark Swindell was a guitar player and band leader on that. And he got me out on that and some other gigs. And that was right at the beginning I had just got with Tim, and and actually Tim was a guest on that radio show. Oh really? Oh yeah. And so I mean, there was a lot of people. without a record deal. Like uh, no, playing. he had just got his record deal. We were just getting really? putting a band together. And, right. And uh, I mean, Tracy Lawrence was on there. Uh, uh, shoot, uh, the one that sang "Heads Carolina Tales California." Uh, uh, Jody Messina. Jody Messina was a regular on there. Uh, I mean, just that was a good, that was a good year of uh, new new up and coming singers there. Yeah, did, I don't know if a lot Tim. of people know this, but Jody Messina, that first record she came out with, uh, Tim and Byron produced, produced that. It, yeah, they produced yeah. that record. She's a great singer, man. Yeah, I don't know what happened. She kind of dropped off, man. I think I've seen lately that she uh, has some gigs that she was doing. So. Really? What I heard? Yeah, I don't know. What I heard is that she wanted to. Do a bunch of her own songs, I think, and I don't think Tim and Byron were they, they were they, didn't want to do they that. wanted hits, you know they they yeah I mean when you can pull from a crop from the right the best writers in Nashville it's hard to right turn them down you know a plethora of them and then you're going to try to write a whole album yourself yeah well then when I got with Tim of course I got to thank most of all him you know right. without him I wouldn't have anything like I got now which is nothing but. 
<laughs> There's a country song. Yeah, there you go. I got. I'm just going to go down the list here of the people because I can't. I don't have time to go through all of them and think, explain the stories about them. I got to thank Mark Hurt from the beginning because um, he really, you know, was he was he was. Uh, everybody thought he was a butt and a prick, but. Uh, and he was, but he, me and him always got along good and yeah, we always worked always together good. And I watched him and he worked his butt off at the beginning, man. He, 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 I mean, back when he couldn't even pay the band, he was working stuff and trying to help us. Trying and, to make it work. Right. Yeah. And, you know, even when I had my studio, I mean, half the stuff in that studio came from Mark Hurt, you know? Right. And, uh. So yeah, I got always a, had a great, always had a, a good time with Mark. We yeah, we always laughed together. Never had. And of course, no I want to, I want to, you know, thank Lonnie and Johnny for keeping us safe, man, on the road, and all yeah, the man. all the bus drivers that came out and drove for us. Kept, Ever drove us? Yeah, yeah, they kept us alive. Um, of course, want to thank Renee, the fan club. You know, she mm-hmm. swagged us and was there for us whenever we needed. Plus, loved on us. She's loved on us for years. Man. I know. She's Plus, when I was living in my apartment, she lived right across the courtyard from me, and she would do my laundry and do my right. dishes, and you know, keep my right. apartment clean when I was going and stuff. She's a mama at heart. Yeah. And then, uh, oh, Billy Holly, got to thank him. Um, yeah. Got to thank Chuck Parton. Uh, oh Chuck, I love yeah, Chuck. Yeah, I still talk to him every once in a while. Yeah, on Facebook, we yeah, drop Chuck, a line here and Chuck there. Chuck helped once me in a while. with the studio and helped me with the bar there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's see, uh, Scott. I think Chuck's. A, I think Chuck's son's a country singer or a musician. I think he is too. You know, I, I think, think he's really pretty good, man. I heard some of the stuff; it was great. I hope he's better than Chuck. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, Chuck. I'm kidding. (laughs) If he's listening to this, he's laughing right now. I know he is. (laughs) But I got to thank old Scott Simons, Tim's manager. Yeah, of course. He helped me with my contracts and advances and all that. He and and every now and then I still, you know, call him for advice and stuff. Got to thank Faith, you know, for making us bigger than what we were, you know. (laughs) <laughs> right, uh, taking us to the next level. Yeah, I know. I gotta thank Dane, Tim's mm-hmm. little guy, and and uh, oh, John Boy, and the rest of the band, and you, and everybody, and and uh, the the uh, the crew that we had. You know, Joey Supak and Hobi, who's he Stemmel, and John Ward, and and you know the rest of them. Uh, Jerome. Jerome and. Thompson, and John P, Mick Wick, Mick Wick, uh, who else? had some other people. Remember Jazz, the drum tech. Yeah, Jazz. Uh, Jazz was a great guy, man. He was. He got sick, and I never saw that guy again. Yeah, Manny, was, Manny Medeiros. Manny, you. rest in peace. God love Manny. Yeah, yeah. So, Dino, everybody, man. Yeah, all the all the guys that we worked. We all with. worked well together. It was awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know. Um, uh, and after after Tim, um, I say AT after Tim. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we do after Tim, um, man, maybe we better do song of the week, 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 week. 
Man, what? man, this week I'm kind of being selfish on this episode. This is a uh oh, you're taking over, man. I Let's am, go. We got to renew. We're gonna have to renegotiate our uh, contract. Well, bro. you you got the next. You got the next one. All right, it's, all right, it's gonna be it. all you, baby. Woohoo! Um, but this is a song that I wrote. There was a. I had a little my before I had my studio. I had my studio set up in my basement, right? And it was winter time. We had just got off tour. Uh, I kind of was bumming out because me, me and you had wrote and wrote about trying to do commercial, get a cut, you know? Right. Wrote, wrote for, Jesus for cutting. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I had this studio set up and I said, you know, I'm just going to sit down and write whatever comes to mind. If it's country, if it's reggae, if it's rock and roll, if it, whatever it is. Disco, I don't care, you know, I'm just gonna sit down. I'm gonna write my own stuff I'm gonna play everything. I'm gonna do everything myself. I got nothing but time Uh, We had we had three months off Right, so it's like I took the three months and I did this uh, record called it's all good and uh, And I played it all except for one thing and that I had John Boy, I, I emailed him over a tune that I could not play bass on. Uh, it was kind of like a uh, I remember rock, that. Rocco uh, from Tier, uh, Tower of Power kind of bass. Right. And All he, that up on the street. Oh, and he nailed it, man. He nailed it. Yeah, of course back he did. And, I mean, just, it was torn up. But the rest of it is all me. And you can hear it, too. Uh, uh, this song is called Believe in Me. All and right. when I was writing it, I was like, just writing, just writing. I was kind of writing, I was writing it about a woman, you know. And I was writing, and I got to the end, and I I sang it, and and I'm like, you know, this could be however you take it. This could be about God. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it talks about, you know, you don't. She's talking, he's telling somebody, God, or or God is telling him. You know, you don't believe in this, and you don't believe in that, and you're so jaded from the world. Believe in me, and, and then right. you, you'll receive all the things that you need. You know, and and I start thinking this could be about God. You know, so it's it's kind of however you want to take it. Could be about a woman. Could be about God. Could be about a man. Make but, it your own. Yeah, you and know. and you can tell my influence in was Matchbox Twenty. And people like that, because it's it kind of, and it's kind of between Matchbox Twenty and Fleetwood Mac, kind of in between that thing. Bart, see, awesome. dog loves it. The uh, dog does uh, like it. So here it is. Y'all decide what you think of it uh, or what you, what it's about. It's called Believe in Me.
There it is. Woo-hoo. There you go, Dave. Been, I like it, man. Hey, man, it could have been called Believe in Meat. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe in meat. <laughs> so, yeah, that's anyway, funny, so that's that's what it is. This, you know, I hope you all enjoyed it. But uh, next week we'll play one of yours, dude. I promise. You got it, man. I ain't worried um, about it, man. So uh, after Tim, uh, I was kind of... When I got canned, or we all got canned, I kind of went in the dumps for about a year to where mm-hmm. people would call me up and say, hey, and you know, I was looking for another gig because I thought I could slide into another artist gig. Yeah, that didn't happen. No. <laughs> some reason, it felt like we were blackballed, you know? It very and, much did, yeah. I think why is because there was really no reason to get that was given why we got canned. So, I know people didn't know what to think. Yeah, so 
other yeah, artists. I don't think we do what to think. No, <laughs> other artists were going, I don't know if I want to hire this guy or not because, you know, I don't yeah, know why happened? he got fired, you know. So yeah. so I kind of went in the dumps, and people even would call me for club gigs, and I'd go, nah, I don't really right. want to play right now. I, don't I just didn't feel like, I didn't pick up a guitar for a year. I just didn't yeah. feel like, I didn't, it just, it, when I picked it up, it made me sad. And I thought, right. you know, it's never. I didn't get in this for that. Yeah, and I, and I was like, it's never made me sad picking up a guitar before, you know. Right. So I just thought, well, maybe. It's always been your way out. Yeah, and I was like, you know? well, maybe this is it. Maybe it's it's over, you know. So, mm-hmm. so um, two people put me, got me out of that funk. Uh, first one was Marty Brown. Uh, yeah. Y'all don't know him. He wrote. Uh, uh, I'm from the country, and I like it that way. For Tracy Bird, he wrote that. And you might have seen him on America's Got Talent. Yeah, too. He, he wrote he wrote that for a little while. Yeah, he did. He, he got in there, and, and he's just a great guy, man. He he's a great guy, and he called me up and said, "Man, you want to come out and play some gigs with me?" And I'm like, "No." And uh, he said, "Come on, man, come on." You know, Marty's real persistent. You know. Yeah, yeah. And he's so, a good old country boy. Yeah, and I said, "Oh, all right. What could it hurt?" And, and I went to Owensboro, Kentucky, and I played a gig, and I was like, ah, "I think I could do this again." You know. Yeah, I had a good time. And, yeah. yeah, he had some gigs, and, and there was no. What I what was different about what made me want to play again is that when I got up there to play, there was no pressure. There was there was no pressure. If I hit the wrong note, nobody cares. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it was just. Then you could have fun again. Yeah, yeah, because Marty's a blast to play with. And then right. I got a call from my old buddy David Frizzell, who I worked with before Tim, and he said I got some gigs. Do you want to come out and play? And I said, Yeah, I'd like to. Marty warmed you up to go play yeah, for Dave. Yeah, Marty. I tell you, Marty and this other guy, Jim Brown. Um, who's a singer in, in Nashville and, and uh, he he's the same way I mean just real no pressure no stress learn the tune I learned the tunes which are sim- fairly simple tunes compared to right. what I had to learn with Tim you know and, right. and if I wanted to play my own solo it was no big deal you know I didn't have to All learn right. solos note for note not a high profile gig it's- yeah it was just you know playing it was just playing for the fun of playing i mean it wasn't big money it was just right. playing and you know and then i went out with frizzell and we did all these gigs and he he made me feel like you know i was his right hand guy i mean you know mm-hmm. i mean no pressure you know i i drove the bus i you know had it was a lot of times it was just me and his wife joe and and him on the bus right. and we'd play with whoever the house band was you know? Right. So you know, I can't control what they do because they're just there. So I just play my parts and hope right. that you know. And, and there was no stress on me to say, "Oh, the bass player messed up. You need to go talk to him." Or so you know, right. that's just the way it was. You live with whatever you got. You know. Right. Right. And uh, some of the, I mean, I got to get David on this show because he's got so many stories about legends, about Merle Haggard, about just. Um, just so many people. His brother Lefty, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know his deal with Shelly West, and I mean, they had some big songs. He's already said he'd come on. We just got to get it scheduled. Let's you know? do it, man. And Marty too, man. We need to yeah. talk to Marty. Marty'd be great. He's great. 
You know, I watched Marty. Um, the when I was young, I was my first marriage. I was watching. I, I think it was sixty minutes or something like that, and they did a. Uh, a segment on Marty and how this guy from from Kentucky, you know, passed his hat around to get enough money to go to Nashville. Oh yeah, how he walked how he walked around Nashville with nothing, couldn't figure out what to do, and he saw a, a trust Jesus spray painted on the on the oh. sidewalk. Went in right there, and it was BMI. Yeah, and he went in and talked to somebody, and they said, uh, "Well, there's somebody still left upstairs." And he said he went in and, and played five songs for him. And uh, within a, I think, a six weeks or something, he he had a record deal and a record already made. Yeah, I mean, he's so, he's a, he got such a great a, story too, man. Such a talented songwriter. I mean, uh, you can, I wrote some songs with him. It's, it's oh, me too. It's something yeah, else, man. we wrote we wrote together with him. And, yeah, and yeah. it's hard to get a word edgewise on him, but he <laughs> he gets <laughs> he he can. But write. he throws out great stuff. Oh man. gosh, and you know what? <clears throat> uh, what I like about him is it. You can't say a bad line to him. You know, you say a bad line, and he'll instead of saying "No, that sucks," he'll just go, "Yeah, that's not bad." But how about this? You know? Or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like the way he writes. But and and he yeah, can write too, about man. anything, man. You give him any subject, and he'll write a song about it. Yeah, we should play. We I don't think we've even got into our Marty Brown songs. The I ones think I think the only one we ever played was a Honky Tonk. Uh, what was it? Honky, oh, that was one. Attitude or what? No, Honky Tonk. Uh, um, something. That was early. Honky Tonk approved. Yeah, Honky yeah. Tonk approved. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he's definitely. I got to thank those two there. And then uh, a drummer, um, Eric Denena, who worked with me with Brazil and, and Marty Brown. Uh, not so much for the shows, but man, this dude, he lived in Clarksville and come pick me up to go to gigs, and we would talk about everything, and so. More of the hang with him, man. He's like yeah. got to be one of my better friends, and we talked about life and and you know divorces and marriages. That'd be and, I mean, that'd be Wally and yeah. be Wally for me. <laughs> and then I have to kind of fall off the beaten path. There's a there's a guy uh, when I when we moved here, we started going to church at the Church of Grace Park, and there was a guy named Steve Gillespie who was the worship leader there, and he he. he took care of the band there and uh we started going to church there and he asked me if i wanted to play guitar in the church band yeah. and uh i said man i don't i don't know none of those songs which which i didn't <laughs> i mean right. you know I, I just didn't you know that wasn't my right. thing and because uh, they did everything from you know What's the what's the hip guys? I mean, they're Chris Chris Tomlin. Yeah, Chris Tomlin. They did that. They, but they also did you know hymns, you know, and, mm-hmm. you know traditional stuff. But they did right. a lot of different stuff. And you know, in contemporary gospel music, the, the guitar is pretty minimal. You know, it's usually either power chords or right, or, and they're holding them or yeah. ethereal chords. You know, it's just kind of <laughs> weird. You know. Yeah. But I didn't play like that. That's not the way I play. You know, I put it in your face, you know. And, uh-huh. <laughs> and so when I went to play up there, uh, I, I just played probably. He's ripping out some gospel. Probably overplayed, <laughs> but I, I just played whatever I felt. And he was so cool about it. You know, he didn't ever, one time did he ever turn to me and say, man, that's not like the record, you know. Uh, right. But it's funny because he would send the the record what we were gonna play out 
and I never listened to it. But did you not? No, but there are only two or three songs anyway. Yeah, you know? but then I started kind of listen to it after a while, and I'm like, oh, I'm not playing anything like that, you know. Right. But he was always cool. Thought it was cool, and and uh, it was funny. Uh, Pastor Bob, Pastor Bob Cook, uh, his mother uh, would sit on one side all all the time when I'd come there, and she would. I I did this song and I don't even remember the name of it, but it had this huge solo at the end, and I just flash and trash it, man. Just let her rip. Like Angel Boy. Let oh yeah, just let her rip Tater Chip, and and I remember one time I did it, and she stood up. She said. Woo, let's hear some more of that guitar. I mean, <laughs> this woman was 85 years old. No kidding. That's yeah, awesome, man. Yeah, she ended up passing away. But well, yeah. well you got to remember, man, she was a young lady at Woodstock era. Yeah, so I thought she knows, I this she cool, knows what's going I on. I thought this is a cool church, man. The pastor's mother digs rock and roll, you know? <laughs> Likes was, kid rock. <laughs> but, yeah, I got to thank Steve Steve for, for being so cool. He's That's He's went awesome. to another church now, but he... He, he was, like, still so cool. And there was a guy there, a kid, actually, same age as my 20-year-old daughter he graduated with. Her. His name is Keenan Valentine. And he was a, a guitar player. And he, this kid, I mean, he went to, I mean, he studied school. I mean, he's, yeah. and he slept, lived, ate guitar. And I'd watch his little Facebook things he'd put up, you know, of, of, uh, you know, uh, Van Halen and uh, just killer. Was he smoking you? Oh, he was smoking me, and this kid's 16 years old, you know? Yeah, So exactly. I, I took him with me to a session that I did. Uh, we were doing a session. Uh, we were doing, for David Frizzell, we were doing a, a Lefty Frizzell tribute album. And uh, a bunch of a bunch of 18 players and a bunch of players that passed on now, but uh, he got to meet a bunch of them and... and uh, that's I tried good. to give him a little, uh, you know, help, you know, to show him what laying down tracks is like and stuff. And he, he wouldn't, man. He sat there and was into it and went went out and meet these all the players and right. was just really cool kid. Good to and, see that side of it. Yeah, and I think he's gonna be one of those cats that I'll, I'll not hear about for five years, and then all of a sudden he's just. You know, an Ed, uh, Edwin McCain, or uh, what's the other guitar player? Uh, the kid guitar player. Playing uh, with Toto or something. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be, yeah, I swear it's going to be like that. He's going to be that Yeah, way. it's awesome, man. Uh, and you know what? Um, the uh, That's pretty much all for me, except I want to. Thanked out, man? Well, no, I'm sure I missed a bunch of people, but I want to thank all the, the fans, man, that. Not only Hillbilly yeah. has been fans, but all the the dance hall doctors through all the years, man. The I mean, ones there's uh, uh, the the almond the almond guy, uh, Ray, uh, Ray, man, yeah, Ray Diaz, and and uh, Tina Torres, who oh, always sends me nice, even now sends nice messages to me, and yeah, and I mean, there's so many. I mean, Susan Norris. Uh, um, uh, there's the girl that got Alicia, Alicia, and, uh, yeah, Alicia, and Kanisha, and and <laughs> well, I don't know, but I mean, all you all, I mean, I'm missing y'all. I can't you know who you are. I can't we've name. Hugged, I can't name you. We've y'all, hugged but, y'all before, Carmen. Yeah. She's the Carmen. Hugger. Oh, Carmen's my baby. Carmen, <laughs> Carmen, Carmen. Um, 
but yeah, so I want to thank all them for sure, man. I think they lost a zoner this week, that Brandy. Oh, I um, Brandy. I don't know if Brandy, she I'm sure a friend I knew of Carmen's. Her. I'm sure I knew her. You know, she was doing that soda thing, and, and uh, she was a friend of Carmen. I think she lived in Louisiana, but yeah, so yeah. And I hope I hope they get to you know go out and see Tim. You know, probably next year they'll start doing mm-hmm. live shows again and stuff. I saw a a, uh, a picture of a truck loading up a eighteen wheeler loading up at Soundcheck, man. Oh, really? The other day, so yeah. Brett Young or something like that. I don't know who that is, but oh yeah, Brett Young. I had to. Learned some of his songs when I did that. He's big enough to have a semi truck, but well, he's, but he's pretty big. He had number one songs. Uh, that's I just what remember, I know. I can't remember what a, what the name of the song was, but it was kind of funky <laughs> when it? I learned it. Yeah, I got him a truck. Yeah, um, <laughs> who's the who's, who's the guy we? Uh, man, I'm so bad with names. The guy who we interviewed on here uh, with Jeff and. Um, Zach Stone. Zach Stone. Yeah. When I when I worked with Jack Zach Stone, I had to learn all those those cowboy those songs, songs like those, that. Uh, Cow- <laughs> cowboy songs. Uh, well, the cowboy rock song. What do they call them? Uh, uh, bro country. Bro country. That's it. <laughs> I had to learn those bro country songs. And that was one of. I think there was like two Brett Young songs on there, and I didn't know. Yeah. Man, I swear, I I'm so out of touch. With radio now, I oh me too. I don't listen I don't, to it. I don't know who half the people are. Even when I, and I can tell by the award shows, I, I uh, oh the award shows we would be strangers, wouldn't we? Oh would I, be, yeah, I wouldn't know. I mean, I, every once in a while I see somebody I know on there, you yeah. know, or or some band guy that I know. But man, man, I heard that the ACMs this year had the lowest TV watch of any. ACM ever. I just read something today about it. It said something about are we, uh, like, are we through with, yeah. you know, yeah. the award show things? Yeah, because so, I don't think the even the Oscars got got much, you know. Oh, the Oscars was terrible. I think they got half the ratings of their terrible ratings last year. Yeah. I mean, it used to be the Oscars used to be at fifty, around fifty million. Yeah. I think uh, I think if it was twenty five, you know. Yeah. This time, you know, maybe even lower. I heard something. Something. Uh, do you ever listen to Michael Del Giorno? Yeah. In the morning. Yeah. On, yeah. on there. Uh, he WTN. said. He said, "Man, that the reason why these are going down is that, um, you know, uh, athletes play the game. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, singers are entertainers. Sing, sing. like and, Dolly. Yeah, and actors just act. You know, make movies." Yeah. And I, I think I think the reason why is because nobody wants to go on the award shows and hear about political statements. They want yeah. Every everywhere that you just said is where we go to escape. Man. Yeah, yeah. I don't go to the to the stadium to hear anybody get political. Don't go to the theater for it. Yeah. If I did, I'd pick a I'd pick a movie that had a a, a theme like that. You know. Yeah. I mean, the news. That's what the <laughs> that's what the news is for. You know. Right. And uh, you want to get on Facebook and bang it out to do it, but yeah. that's you know, man, let, I learned, let the entertainers entertain. Man, I learned my lesson on Facebook putting anything political on there, man, because oh. they'll eat you alive, man. And you know, if you do want to do that in your career, then you just take the consequences. If yeah. you're going to step up and and say something, if a bunch of people's not cool with it, then yeah, you took I mean, your shot, and it's 
shut up or go home. Look at know? look at that one girl that opened her mouth and then they they went at, they went away. Uh, mm-hmm. Who was it? Uh, three girls. Uh, um, oh, I don't know, man. Yeah, they, we were on tour with them. Uh, oh, the Dixie Chicks. Dixie Chicks, yeah. Uh, Natalie, <laughs> Natalie. Yeah. She opened she that. Fixed, she opened that she pneumonia fixed them hole. Right. <laughs> she fixed them right up. Yeah, she opened that pneumonia hole. Look what happened, man. <laughs> and I'm a Dixie Chicks fan. I love their music. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not one of those that. I mean, you know, even Tim started getting a little political, but he never. The only time he ever did it, like. Through he didn't a, really do it public. Well, the only time he ever did it public is when he talked about running for governor. Yeah. I think that was just a, hoot, you know, but. Yeah. Just to get a rise, yeah. see what I people think thought. He wants to do that. I think. Right. Yeah, I told him one time. I said, man. You know how many skeletons they'll open in your closet man, when, they, when you start running for office? You think uh-huh. you got it bad now. Right. You, know, you think the paparazzi yeah, you think bugging the you. Inquirer talking about you and Faith getting divorced is bad now. Wait, <laughs> wait till you run for governor. And, well, yep. although Caitlin Jennings running for governor, man, you know, so. Hey, this take that might be what it takes to, to uh, fix up California. Oh, man. A, I don't a, know, man. I, a conservative uh, transvestite, you know. <laughs> That's got to be the. That, now, see, in the in the day, that would have been a Geraldo show right there. Transvestite right. governors and on the next Geraldo. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Yeah. Come on, man. Well, you know what? I mean, I got nothing against Caitlyn Jenner. She can whack the, the weenie off if she wants. That's fine. But you know what? I don't agree with, and I'm going to go ahead and get political here for one second. Oh, oh here we go. Let's save by to the show. I know, man. But I cannot, I cannot concur with uh, a dude putting on a dress with his, when he still got his way, his wanger. And going out and playing against my daughter in soccer and kicking her ass and uh, or, or any other sport. And then going in the locker room, whipping out his wanger and putting his dress on <laughs> in front of my daughter, who who is fully female. I think they um, signed that uh, bill in Tennessee. It's not going to happen around here anytime well, they, soon. They better I not. So. I don't, I'm not. I'm not agreeing with that, man. I'm, I'm saying yeah. if you want to go, you know, uh, do uh, the big cut job to the Wang, uh, then that's fine. If you ain't got one, I ain't worried about it. I don't care. You. I don't yeah. care. Yeah. Put on a dress because you need to. I mean, if you went through all that, you got the right to. But, man, if you're just going to say, uh, you know, if you're a dude and you wake up and say, I feel like I'm a woman and everybody should, you know, look at me like one. I'm going to put on a dress, even though I still got my winger. I'm going to put yeah. on a dress. You have the right do, to do that, but you can't force me to change what No. Uh, yeah, you go ahead and put on a dress, but don't come around here, you know? Right. Don't come around here no more. <laughs> don't come around here. Anyway, that's my... Uh, You're going to get it now. <laughs> oh, you know what? Lay it on me. If anyone, I want to hear somebody's argument to that, you know? Oh, I'm sure somebody step up. Well, come on. Bring it on. <laughs> I mean, like I said, if you want to do it, that's fine. But just don't do it in in front of my, in my daughter or my 10-year-old or whatever mm-hmm. that's in the bathroom. And you come in and want to take a leak and 
whip out a wang, you know, in front of my ten year old. I'm a whoops a, I'm a whoops some ass. We've had a lot of wang themes lately in this podcast. What's yeah, going on let's let's get away from the wang. Do not blame it on the wang, as the ladies' <laughs> man says. It's not the fault of the wang. Anyway. Oh, oh boy. Oh, I, don't I, know I think how, it's time to. I think it's time to wrap this yeah, one up. We've, uh, we've done, we went from giving thanks to like a, <laughs> a, a thesis on the wang. We went, <laughs> we went from heaven to hell just like that. Man. That's how quick you can do it. Folks. See how that's what happens when you dabble in the world. I'm telling you. Well, uh, let's get back into heaven. All right. Yeah, uh, uh, our. Our podcast is available on many different platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And you can go to our web, web website, and that would be hillbillyhasbeens.wordpress.com. Man, I put up some pictures of Dave Brown today, so y'all can see oh, what he Oh, did you found some good? Yeah, so, oh, Dave. so you can see what he looks I like. I like that interview, man. That was a nice interview. It was a good. He's a good, Got great some good guy. Comp- Got some good compliments on it, too. So, anyway, folks, tell your mama, tell your mama's mama, tell your daddy, tell your daddy's daddy. Listen to Hillbilly Has Been. Tell your friends if you got any. And uh, I may not have any after this episode. But you'll still have your wang. But that's right. And let's give thanks to the wang and to all our friends, all right? So, thank you all, and we'll we'll talk to you next time on Hillbilly Has Been. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> we would ride our bus town to town. Everybody was a getting down. Pack it up and do it all again. The hillbilly has been. Now the days of old have come to pass. Even though we was kicking ass We love the fans but we need some friends Hillbilly has been